<laughs> Good morning, friends. Thank you for being on with us. And this morning, we're going to kind of recap, kind of, because who knows where this is going to go, um, our restoration series. We didn't actually finish it up because we decided to make breakfast on Sunday and have a snow day. And it was the best decision. So when afforded the opportunity to make breakfast, <laughs> I recommend it. It was fun. It was, it was just such a laid back Sunday morning. We just, we had low in numbers and it was, I would even say needed. It was a needed breakfast. So yeah. we, we decided that we should possibly even make this part of our, our regular rhythm is having <laughs> breakfast on occasion. Cause it's good to eat together. Ask Jesus. Mm -hmm. Oh, it is. It was definitely <laughs> refreshing. It was. And just in case you really want to know, we made biscuits and gravy. <laughs> yep. It was delicious. All right. So we're recapping restoration. We've talked about restoring family. We've talked about what does restoration in the church look like? And we haven't yet got to, however, we have discussed it, restoring the land. And, um, and really just wanted to, to hop on to kind of like pull it all together. And, and, and what does this, what does this look like overall? Or what, what have we seen so far? And um, what, what I can tell you, and this is what I think would be a good place to kick this off with, is um, sometimes we see more of the ugly before we get to the restoration, you know? And I don't know if that's been anyone else's experience, but that has certainly been mine, that things really start to surface. And, and, and you're like at this point of like, I don't know if I can keep moving. So if that's you, like you're not alone. That, that's, that tends to be typical when God is on the move, that things start getting squealy. Can I say that? <laughs> that's a good term for it squealy and um and and you know things that have occupied us for so long don't want to be moved out okay let's just be honest let's call it what it is <laughs> well that's absolutely true uh, and, and and we don't have to be afraid of it go ahead yeah we can just look at and you know I, I can look at things and point to to that being true that things get get squeaky uh, and you know to, to move into full restoration, we got to deal with all that stuff right. at some point or another. And so um, the fact that it gets squeaky and I, I think um, maybe God pokes it to make it squeaky and, and lets it come up, it gives us opportunity to work through it with him yeah, and, and to move into restoration. And so I, I love that you brought that up as a, as a place to start and really kind of highlight that because uh, it's absolutely true. And it's definitely uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and you know, we started off with, with uh, uh, family and talked about family restoration. And I think it was absolutely wonderful because we jumped right into it and the word for 2023. And, you know, God said in that he's after family. Yeah. And, and so it, it's really exciting to, to start there and see those things, those squeaky things start to come up and, and so we can take care of them. And, and, you know, we've talked about um, that, that pathway uh, recently from tolerance to uh, adopting something, uh, you know, and 
Um, and in that, in that, that area of, of the word, he talks about um, breaking uh, uh, the back of tolerance, mm-hmm. which I think is absolutely wonderful because right up front, we can stop that pathway to uh, adopting a behavior or something that uh, pulls us away from restoration, that pulls mm-hmm. us away from union with each other and with them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Pepper, we're coming to you as our in-house intercession professional. <laughs> no pressure. Uh oh. <laughs> How do we contend? You know, when, when it feels like all hell's breaking loose, can we just be real honest about it? How do we contend? How do we hold ground? Well, before I answer that, <laughs> I want to speak to about the squeaky part because <laughs> yeah. it's me that squeaks <laughs> during some of this, you know, yes. I get squeaky and it, and I love how you uh, spoke of how it, it's kind of an ugly process. And I was talking to Virginia yesterday and we, we were talking about restoration a little bit and um, we were just talking about how when you restore something you know you put stripper on it and you scrape it with paint and you sand it and you envision the beautiful outcome but there's a process in between the old the restoration and then the new (laughs) and so it's that in between that can get you (laughs) Right. And so um, how do we contend for it? Wow. That's that's kind of a loaded question because yeah. it's like, what is God saying to me in this? You know, what what is he trying to get at this? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's not just about the restoration. It's about all the stuff in between. Mm-hmm. And it looks different for different of us, you know. So. I think it part of the contending is being to keep being able to keep our thoughts and our eyes on the prize. And uh, for me, contending step by step, because sometimes it's just like everything's so convoluted when you try to look at the whole big picture. And so see the vision, but then follow God step by step and just, contend for whatever area he has you contending for and hold that ground because you'll have to keep going back over and over until your enemies get it and your flesh gets it. I'm, I'm holding this ground and I'm not moving, (laughs) you know, whether it's, whether it's an attitude he's working out in us or whether he's using somebody else with an attitude to work out things in us, you Mm know, um, Whatever it is about the flesh, it doesn't learn very easily, (laughs) you know. So, you know, you just, uh, I have talks with myself and I say, nope, don't, don't think that, don't say that, don't, you know, just keep everything in the open with you. And Jesus is like, Jesus, is my motive pure here? You know, is whatever it is, you know, just, he knows it anyway, so you might as well. (laughs) you know and to me that's that's part of the process Mm -hmm. of restoration 
Yeah. I, I love that that you brought up the the restoration process of furniture because I, I think that that's just such a good picture for us to look at and realize that you have to survey the piece of furniture thoroughly to to bring it into a better state. Mm-hmm. And and so if we're talking about God who has eyes on all things, right? It, mm-hmm. He's going to survey thoroughly the ground that is me to bring me into his desired state. And, and when he starts to reveal these things in me, everything in me starts to like, you know, want to, want to run to be honest. And I mean, even, even this morning, I, I, the first thing that, that I'm, it was just abrupt. You know, I, I, I did my normal process of checking email and blah, blah, blah. And, and there's an email and, it triggered something in me and, and my, my knee jerk reaction was to be angry about it. But as I sat, because we're in a restoration time, as I sat in it, God's like, you're not actually mad about this. Like your heart is hurting because you want to be known rightly. And, um, I I thought, I don't, that feels weak to me. And, and I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to admit that, you know, something so meaningless could potentially hurt me. But if I don't acknowledge that, he cannot bring the, the his desired restoration. If I'm like, you know, you can survey everything else, but this spot, then, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to experience the finished state that he's after. And, and that's just a, you know, a, a crazy example of it just because it's fresh on my mind. And, um, but, but you get it. Like we, we tend to think that the, the things that matter are the big things that are yeah. obvious and it's not the things that matter are, are the little things that he's wanting to polish. And, and another example was, you know, we have a very old building and that really probably needs some serious restoration and the floor is so old it's wood and it's got scuffs and I adore it greatly (laughs) and we we made a decision to pull the the runner out that went down the middle aisle that matched absolutely nothing and covered the whole front thinking this was going to be an easy thing like yeah no big deal we're just Vince and I'll do this we'll just rip this carpet out it's not going to be a big thing Oh my gosh, it was like <laughs> ended up something that we thought we could complete in a couple of hours was like weeks. Three because, weeks. Yeah, they had used, uh, I swear to you, an entire five gallon bucket of glue. <laughs> At least. Hold, at least to hold this carpet <sighs> in place. And so it, it required like hands on, on your knees, scrubbing this stuff off to get it off. And in the middle of it, I'm sitting there like, seriously, you, you had to be like in little tiny spots at a time just to get space to have to spend intricate detailed time on. And, but as I did, God was like, this is how I am with you. Wow. I don't look at the, the entirety of the thing and, and try to, you know, swallow it whole. I, I very gently and delicately begin to, to, you know, resurface you. And, and I was just like, so taken by that. And that image has stuck with me. Cause that was, 
at the beginning. And um, it really has just been etched in my memory that that's how, that's how he comes to, to work within me is by taking his soft little rag and, and he even sprays the little adhesive remover and just, (laughs) you know, it's just how he does. And so, you know, even yesterday on, on Invictus, I was like, he comes in like a wrecking ball. Yes. And <laughs> once he's there, it, it is gentleness is, is what can be expected because that's who he is. You can't, you can't remove gentle from his nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Him, him coming in like the wrecking ball. That's what it f- certainly feels like to us, but we know that, that like you're saying, he is in those, those little details and, mm-hmm. and wanting to restore those little things. And, and I just think about, what would it do for me to just have him just swallow that all up? Like you were talking about at one time and not go through the process of working on those little details with him. What, what do I gain out of that process in in this relationship with him? Where does it build us up together? And, and, and I think we would be missing something. I I think our, our relationship with him would be, uh, a lacking a, a deeper intimacy that he's after because we know that there is there is great connection and, and, and bond as you sit and for weeks and go over these little areas to remove the adhesive you know mm-hmm. um, uh, with, with all the people that came together there is there is a, a bond there uh, that we share in that project and it's the same way with with God and us he's wanting to to partner with us in this and bring about restoration in our lives and family life. And, and, you know, in, in all the things that we've talked about. And so uh, it it would be uh, crazy to skip over that and and just jump straight to the the fullness of it, which he could certainly could. Um, But uh, I, I know that he loves us too much to, to skip the details of it. Mm-hmm. And, I like to use the analogy, you know, uh, speak to the guys a little bit who may not want to restore furniture, but maybe think about restoring cars. You know, when you you restore an old car, all the little teeny tiny nuts and bolts, if you're doing a, a full restoration to the original look of the car, um, those things take time to find, to find the exact nuts and bolts that were used when it first came off of the factory line. And so yeah. um, there, there is a, a painstaking process there of, of counting the cost of, of what is it, what's it going to take to do this from, from acquiring the project to seeing it all the way through. Mm, that's good. Say more. <laughs> I, I just think that's 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 so good and i love that you started that with let me speak to the fellas <laughs> because i think that that you know so often we end up talking about things that that are, are more fluffy because of me <laughs> and, um, because i'm easy you know it's like it doesn't take much for me to turn and um and, and but that's not always the case and i want to stay here for a minute because i think this is really important that um Vince what does what's the difference what what does it take to 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 turn a a man's heart 
not necessarily versus a woman, but it's different. It's totally different. And we can even see the way that, that Jesus interacts with people throughout scripture is different. You see that the intimate moments between he and, and women are, are they're deep and, mm-hmm. and they are, um, they're intimate and, and not so much the case with the men. He's a little more yeah. a, a abrupt. And um, that's hard for me to fathom. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around because clearly I am a woman. And um, I love the more intimate, the moments. I love the stories uh, that he, of the interactions he has with the women because they are just, there is an emotional depth to them mm-hmm. that, that I can resonate with. However, I know that that's not necessarily how our men are moved. And Pepper, I want you to weigh in too, because you're the mother of sons. And I know that you've said, I think it was the last time we were in Topeka, you were like, no, listen, <laughs> <laughs> boys want to be walloped. <laughs> and that has stuck with me. So go ahead. Uh, I, I think immediately you're talking about the encounters Jesus had with the women and how they are they were deep encounters. Uh, I just think it takes a little bit more to get past the ego of a man. And, and you can look at the story of Jesus uh, in the restoration of, of Peter having, asking him three separate times, do you love me? Mm. And, and, and at the end of that was, was an emotional breakthrough. You can, you can just feel the, the emotions just pouring out of, of the story when you read it uh, and just knowing that, that Peter is at this moment broke open enough to be able to receive that deep connection. And it's just, it's a little bit more difficult. It's like you were talking about earlier with the email you received. Mm-hmm. The initial response is anger. But what is the anger covering up? Yeah. And, and this is something, uh, and like I mentioned to you when we were talking about it earlier before we came on, that is a, a, and something I have seen used to cover up emotions, to use to cover up um, a vulnerability that, that men don't want to be seen. And, and I saw it many times in, in my career in the Army uh, when, uh, particularly when there was a, a death, when somebody died, whether it was um what I've seen when, when people have died in combat and the difference to uh, uh, people dying in training, I've seen both and, and been uh, personally affected by both. And so I have watched that play out the exact same in both cases where um, people will, will say, Oh, you know, I'm angry about this. This is, this makes me angry. This shouldn't have happened. They said, okay, what, what is really going on behind that? Because I know anger is not the emotion that you're feeling towards this. Sure. It's upsetting. Yes. We're, we're, we're mad that accidents happen uh, that caused a death or um, that this person was killed in combat. Well, you know, yeah, that sure. That's upsetting. And and you're going to be some to a degree angry about it, but um, to be able to, let somebody else see vulnerability is, is the difficult part for whatever reason for men, because um, we have, we have somehow turned that culturally into a weakness Mm. and to get past that is, is going to take like what Jesus did with Peter. It's going to take a repetition to get through and to continue to push through and push through 
but it's going to take uh, um, a man who's been through that and has opened up and, and is willing to be vulnerable in those states to continue to push, to continue to hold that that toughness and resilience to be able to push through another. And that's a difficult thing to do because uh, sometimes the harder you push, the more resistance you're going to meet. But Jesus didn't let up either. Yeah, He continued to push at Peter um, uh, with, with a sharpness that was enough to penetrate through without wounding. Right. Oh, and right. Jesus came at Peter over and over <laughs> again. He, I mean, he has like this crazy revelation of, oh, my gosh, you're him. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Jesus commends him. He's like, oh, my gosh, you just received revelation from the father. I, 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 for me, I can almost feel like Jesus is mind blown. Like it worked. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there are other people that can receive the revelation of the father now because mm-hmm. I am. Right. And then, you know. Peter a moment later is like, you know, this, no, you're like, I'm not going to let that happen to you, Jesus. And, and Jesus is straight up, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> mm. and, and I think that, you know, if that were to happen to us, we would crumble. We, we are not resilient in our faith. You know, we're just not. If, if Jesus came at us or honestly, if we came at each other that way, and saying like, you know, get thee behind me, Satan, because you're acting mm-hmm. like it. <laughs> <laughs> we would crumble. We'd be so mm-hmm. offended. And and I think that, you know, there, there's a resiliency that, that needs to, that will, I, I just know it's going to accompany this restoration process that, that we're in to where we're going to be a, a little bit tougher than, than we have been. Add to it, Pepper. I, I was just thinking, I had a couple of interesting thoughts. One of them, uh, Vince gave me a lot of understanding, but I was thinking about how, you know, my boys, I don't know what it is about, like, a dad, a man, you know? Like, when Jonathan would come at the boys, it's like, you know, okay, dad, okay. But then, like, when I come at them, it's like their feelings are hurt. Because, like, <laughs> it's like even now, sometimes if I come at my boys, they're, like, so offended. And I'm like, you were Marines. They cuss at you, spit at you. You know? <laughs> Why did this little thing I say? <laughs> and I think it's because I'm their mom. They expect that soft side, you know? <laughs> but it, when Vince was talking about um you know men not being vulnerable it's like while he was talking i was seeing a picture that went along with what he was saying because out of the 12 um we only see one disciple i think who lays his head on jesus you know out of all those men and they all loved jesus they were all knit to jesus but it's it's interesting how out of the 12 he was the only one and it was like Peter was jealous for it but I guess because like Vince was saying because of the ego maybe I don't know what stopped him because they all had access to Jesus so they all could come into that kind of relationship and it's like Jesus had a different approach 
with John than he had with Peter. Because remember the scene, and I, you guys can make keep me straight here because I don't remember exactly, but the rumor got started that John would never die. He wouldn't be martyred or yes. whatever. And so they're discussing this and, you know, I can envision, you know, John just leaning on Jesus and then Jesus coming at Peter, mind your business. You know, right. basically saying, what's it to you if he never dies? You just mind your business. <laughs> so it's like having this intimate moment with John and then letting Peter have it, you know, just right. mind your business. <laughs> you know? But, um, so yeah, that, that gave me some more insight. That was really good, Vince. Mm-hmm. And then another thing you said, Vince, about skipping the details, you know, and like, as women, you know, Jonathan understands this much better than I do, because if there's a wreck or anything, he deals with all that. So it's like, you know, you'll get a scrape about an inch on your um car door you know and he'll take it you know he'll take it in and they've got to strip this panel and paint this well can't they just paint over that scrape you know two thousand dollars (laughs) just women don't get that kind of thing he's like no you can't do it that way (laughs) you know but we all know what a house looks like when you just paint over the old paint you Mm -hmm. know from the street it looks oh that's so pretty and then when you get up and see the details it's like oh no this hasn't been done right right (laughs) and so you can't skip over the details so I I thought that was so good yeah that is good yeah John John's cheering you on in the background he's like she's on point (laughs) 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 yeah that's it's so good and I know that this came up um during breakfast on Sunday morning was um just this conversation about men and, and I know Vince was kind of like probably blindsided by it because we were like, that <laughs> answered this question for us. But it, it was really more like along the lines of why is it, why is it harder for men to, to engage intimacy with the father? And I don't know if you have much to say about that, Vince, but we'd love to hear from you. Again, it's just uh, what we have been conditioned by our culture as men to believe about intimacy, uh, uh, that being in an intimate relationship means one thing and one thing only. There's no depth there. And, and that's one of the things that has to be uh, uh, scraped off is this belief that uh, intimacy means only one thing. And that's just, we know, we know that's not the case. Yeah. And, and it's something we talk about all the time is, is wanting to push people deeper into their union, which is intimacy with the father and, and really having that uh, be a central focus of life. And so uh, it, it's going to take a cultural shift to be able to break through this exterior of, of masculinity that we have turned it into. And I don't believe it's, it's, a. um, we, we've also talked about the pendulum swing to from one extreme to the other. And, and I don't believe that masculinity needs to be done away with. Mm-hmm. I just think it needs a, a better definition that, uh, comes from the kingdom and not from our own understanding or our own, uh, misguided, uh, machismo, you know, so, um, 
yeah, I, I think intimacy is is something that we need to just have a better understanding of as men to be able to say this relationship is is intimate. It is deep. There is connection there that I can't break away from. And, and I think if if we were to I think as men, if we were to understand that better and be able to really press into that, um, doing what we see the father doing becomes a whole lot easier Mm. because now we aren't looking at him, trying to mirror him. We are understanding that we are, uh, in him. And so it turns our view to be able to see, um, see from a different angle to see from his perspective Mm -hmm. like oh okay this is what's going on here and and be able to get into that and so i I, again it's going to require us to be uh uh, sharp to pierce through without wounding yeah yeah no that's really good so what i'm really curious and i don't know how this turned into a talk about men but i think (laughs) in, in in every context of how we have been looking at at restoration, this is so important. And, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the cry of my heart for months now is where are the men? Where are the, where are the fathers? Where are the fathers at? You know, I, I think that there's, there's like this unwillingness to, to, to really like walk in truth with one another and um, to, to be the one who's able to say like Jesus did to Peter, get thee behind me right? Like you're better than this. And, and so my heart is just ached, like, where are the fathers at? Why, what is stopping men from rising to this space of fathering a generation or even peers, you know, like peer to peer relationships there is. And I know Vince, you and I had had this conversation too. And I think that it's really important. Do you know, do you remember what I'm talking about as far as um, being willing to, to share in, in problems, like things that, um, that aren't going well and, and being able to have that conversation. Do you remember now? Say more about that. I won't lead you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, in in that conversation, uh, we were talking about why men don't want to share problems with other men, because sometimes we don't want it to be fixed. Sometimes we just want to be able to share and have conversation and, and just some, uh, some things going back and forth with one another, not necessarily to say, um, I, I would like, you know, a solution because as guys, we like to fix things. Uh, and, and I know this is a, a frustration of women everywhere who just sometimes <laughs> want to be heard. You don't want an answer. You don't want something fixed. You just want to vent. You just want to get it out there get it into the light and then take a breath and move on. Yeah. And, and for men, it's, it's often the same. Like we have that same desire to just be able to share. Um, I don't want a solution. I, I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear how you handle something or a, a similar situation, how you fixed it. That's oftentimes not what I'm after. Sometimes I just want to be able to just, you know, vomit out the problem and, and move on. Like, <laughs> just let it exist in the room. <laughs> just, yeah. Just let it go. You know, just uh, sometimes that's what's needed is just to be able to, to say the thing, to get it out into the light and move on. Mm, that's good. And, and rather than asking the question of, of what do you, what do you want or need from me right now? 
uh, as guys, we just jump into solutions. Uh, we just jump into trying to fix the problem and not necessarily fixing the problem from a kingdom perspective mm. or offering a solution from a kingdom perspective, just from experience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is the way it's, it's been done. And, and so uh, I know that is, that is something that, um, keeps men from, from forming that more intimate bond. It's just a, a, a misunderstanding of what it is the other is looking for. Mm, that's so good. So, so good. Okay. So I know we're running out of time, but I do want to just like touch on this really quick. All three of us are parent sons. And, and so I'm just curious, what, what is it that, that you two, that you pepper and that's are hoping for, for your sons? Like it, I, I know I know what it looks like for me. I know what it is that I'm after for them, for them to be able to to step into to write identity and to carry it, you know, do something with it, not just be aware of this is who God says that I am, but actually do something with it. And and I want them to have the accountability of men who are willing to surround them and hold them accountable to that. So I don't know. Share share a little bit about that. You guys, I want to hear your hearts on that. Again, this is not where we intended to go, but I think it's a good conversation. Go ahead, Pepper. I just think to become men, you know, because in our American culture, 18, you're a man. And we know that's not true. I wasn't a woman at 18. Mm -hmm. I was not a woman at 18. (laughs) You know, I looked like a woman, but my character had to be shaped and developed and I think it was easier for me because of how women relate and you surround yourself with other women mm-hmm. because of the way our culture is. It's not always that so easy for men. And uh, so, you know, I think there's confusion sometimes for young men. And, and then when you throw the military in there, they shape your character in a certain way that has to be shaped to do the job. And so that kind of spills over into everyday life, you know, because um, I remember uh, when I was taking a course in school and um, one of the ladies was doing like a practicum there at Fort Riley Mm. and she was dealing with domestic abuse and she was giving up a presentation about how domestic abuse with civilian men is treated totally different than with military men because for eight hours or 12 hours or however long you're drilling in their head this is how you get results and you make the results come and you so then especially if you're a young man then when you go home you've been taught this is how you get results you just order it around command it around and get results <laughs> you know so she was talking about how you, it's so different because they have a mindset that's been you know given to them so there's so much confusion in society about what it looks like to be a man how to be a man so my desire for my boys I obviously can't tell them how to be a man or teach them how to be one because I'm not one, but I know Jesus can, and he can shape their God character to define them as men the way, whatever that looks like should be defined. Yeah. 
That's good. Vince? Yeah. Um, for, for me, what I really want him to be able to do is to be uh, really to be open and honest with uh, who he is, the struggles that he's going through, uh, all of those things to, to be able to um, break out of this cultural norm of, of hiddenness mm. and, and being masked because I, I'm going through this thing. I'm struggling with something, but I can't let other people see that I'm struggling because that doesn't fit with um, what uh, uh, culture and society tells me a man is. Yeah. Uh, men, men don't air their struggles and their problems. Um, you just stuff them down. And, and where has that gotten us? Right. This is, it's not anywhere that's that I want my son to go. And I want to be able to uh, have conversations with him. And when he is struggling with something, I want to be able to uh, control my face and not react uh, and and get upset or, or, or jump to a, a conclusion that just because this is a struggle doesn't mean that it's actually a problem. <laughs> you know, the, those two things are, are, can be separate, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the beginning, if there is um, an upfront openness to say, I'm struggling with this and to be vulnerable. And that's really what I want him to be able to do and, and, and to be able to get stuff out into the light and, and, and really have him be able to uh, uh, lead us into a new chapter of what it looks like to, to display masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that's really good. And, and I, I, just as you were talking, as both of you were talking, I was just like capturing some vision uh, on what this looks like. And, and I believe that God is going to use this next generation of sons to, to make way for fathers to, to operate, to function in their lives. And because they're going to want it, they're going to want that, that, that fathering hand on their life. They're going to begin to, to hunger it for it and crave it in their lives. And they don't even know, they don't even know to, to hunger for it right now because it mm-hmm. is so absent in our church culture. And, and so right now I just, I just feel like we just need to pray father. I just thank you that, that this is something that you are creating in our midst, even now that you are releasing a hunger that sons would turn back to fathers, that, that there would be an ache for fathering in the church today, that, that sons would provoke the fathers to rise up and take their place and to use their authority to guide and to lead in Jesus name. We just agree with that in Jesus name. Amen. 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 So anyway, I know that there's like probably another hour's worth of things to say about this topic, but it fits, it fits in. And, and what we had said on, on Sunday in this just casual conversation surrounding breakfast was that this is, this is a necessary topic. And, um, you know, we were, we were talking about, man, we need a whole series on, on what it means to be a, a man that that's after God's heart, right? Like where are the Davids? And, um, and I'm not saying that they don't exist. So don't misunderstand mm-hmm. me. I'm just saying that it, it's not as common as we need it to be. 
And um, so anyway, I don't know how we're going to wiggle more of this in, but um, I, I'm sure it'll happen because I feel like it's just burning on God's heart that um, that that men would be equipped to run to to be. I mean, to be honest with you, like I know it's missing. It's missing from my life. Like there mm-hmm. is a there's a fatherhood. So it's not just, you know, fathers to sons, it's fathers to daughters. And and we need to see as women, we need to see what a healthy, masculine, fa- spiritual father looks like in our lives. It's just, it's, it's needed. It's necessary. So um, any last words, guys? Okay. Then we will just tell you to have a fantastic rest of your Wednesday and um, join us on Friday. I'll be on on Friday morning at 8 a.m. for Life Up Here. Until then, enjoy life. <laughs>